We're going to um, move into a, a small series um, today on, um, well, I'll explain more as we go along. Actually, if we put the first picture, my name's Christian, by the way, I should say, um, and um, I'm the pastor of the church with my good lady wife. I, does anybody know what that film is before I go any further? Yeah, a few of you do it. I think I've split the church here massively because I put it up and I thought, it's from the 80s, you see. So for me, it's a really, yeah, something I really watched. You put your hand up, please, if you know what that film is. Right, oh my word, yeah, I'm, I'm out of date. <laughs> this film is called Planes, Trains and Automobiles. If you've never seen it before, do watch it. Um, it's very amusing. So you've got Steve Martin on the left, John Candy on the right, and they're trying to get home for Thanksgiving. That's the premise of the film. I'm not going to spoil it. But um, John Candy um, there is um, somebody who just loves to talk. And he talks at Steve Martin's character for ages and doesn't let him get a word in. He's just talking, 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 talking. And so you can see the look on his face there, um, which it's just like the first 20 minutes of the film. It's just constant, relentless uh, John Candy just talking and just telling him all sorts of stories and his opinion on all sorts of different things. Um, I'm using that as a backdrop here, apologies. Um, I'm using that as a backdrop a little bit here because sometimes I feel that we can talk about relationship with God being so important, it's being our number one importance, and then when we say that, we say we should pray a lot. Yeah, is that fair? Yeah, because we should, shouldn't we? Oh, well, these, are, you, are you looking at it? Oh, you've got that teacher tone of it's a trick question. It's, it's not a trick question. We should pray a lot, yes. So, I mean, praying is that, but we talk about that. And, and 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 16 to 18 would say the same. It says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, right? Pray without ceasing. There we go. And give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God. Not that all circumstances are the will of God. But um, we'll go in, that's a completely different thing. Um, but this is the will of God in Christ Jesus, i.e., pray without ceasing is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Right? Okay? Pray without ceasing. So it begs the question here, um, because Del, the John Candy character, is doing a lot of talking, but I wouldn't say relationship was really strong there. Agree, stroke, disagree. Relationship strong between the two characters. If he's just doing all the talking. No. So, so what is prayer? We talk about prayer a lot. And we say, what, but what is, it, what is it? I'm going to give you three different definitions. Is it A, talking to God, B, talking at God, or C, talking with God? C. Are you all right? <laughs> it's like school, isn't it? Um, I, now, I'm not discounting the first two, because there are times when you will actually want to vent at times. You know, there are times when you will talk to God, and you'll, you know... It, it will be literally just you doing all the talking and not really getting much back. But prayer was always intended to be far more a dialogue and a conversation than it was the first two. There's a place for the first two, but it's more supposed to be a dynamic conversation with our creator. Okay? And when you phrase it like that, to me, prayer sounds a lot more exciting. If it's a dynamic conversation between me and my creator, now I'm on board with it a lot more because I'm talking, he's listening, and he's talking back. And there's something much, much more. So um, a constant conversation, if we go in prayer without ceasing, is constant conversation with God. Ooh, that's good, isn't it? 
You can converse with God all of the time. Um, now, you could be there now looking at me going, I, I, this is where the salesman in me comes out. Why? Why bother listening to God? It's not school, so you don't have to worry about this. I'm going to give you the answers straight away. But why bother listening in the first place? So Matthew 4 verse 4 says the following. Man does not live, live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. All right? So our spiritual life in itself comes from hearing the words that God speaks. We are fed and we're nourished by listening to his voice. Got it? That's important. So we're strengthened on the inside, just as if you were eating food. I'm sure we, we all eat food from time to time in here. Well, not many of you. <laughs> Didn't get a big amen on that. Um, but just as in the case when you eat food and you are strengthened and you get energy, um, every time you hear God speak, you get renewed energy. You get spiritual and emotional energy, actually, which we'll look at in a moment. It actually goes in, into the Greek by talking about that new life is, is released. It's called resurrection life, interestingly. Resurrection life is released as you hear God speak. Ooh, does it sound interesting now? Yes, a little bit. Isaiah 55 verse 2. This is not um, the actual verse that's going to come up here, but effectively we'll say, you know, this is paraphrase, his voice is our soul's delight. All right? That's actually what the, the actual verse says, do not spend money on what doesn't satisfy. But listen to me. Listen to God. Do not spend money on the things that are actually not going to satisfy you ultimately at the end of the day. Like a Sky Sports subscription, especially if you support Man United. It doesn't do it. I just found out. So, it's where you're most satisfied. Yes, it's what happens. Romans 10 to 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the voice of God. The more we hear the voice of God, the more our faith is inspired on the inside of us. These are important parts of our spiritual walk. So this is me as a spiritual salesman, if you like. <laughs> but it's as we spend time fostering our relationship and the listening side, certainly of our relationship with God, we will find our lives full of energy. I don't know anyone on the planet who doesn't want more energy, but full, far more full of energy, far more full of life, full of vitality, full of faith, and a renewed passion for Jesus. We'll have strength for the battles that we face. And every single one of us will go through battles. If you're not at the moment, you will be at some point or you have been in the past. And it's listening to God that gets us through those battles. So I'm going to very briefly go through some of the things. What does, he, what does it even look like? What's he talking about if he's talking about hearing God at the moment? Uh, because it can conjure up images of very strange people. Um, so, it can, uh, from the Bible, this, these are the things and these are the ways that people have heard God speak. Through an angel, through dreams and visions and prophecy, through an audible voice, uh, through a donkey on one occasion, we won't go into that. Through the human voice on many occasions, through reading the word, and then finally through the still, small voice. And it's that still, small voice that we'll be focusing on more over the next two uh, sessions especially. Um, for those who are completely unaware of what this comes from, the still small voice, it's um, in 1 Kings 19, and you can read this for your homework later. Um, Elijah's hiding in a cave, and he's uh, pretty scared at the moment, 
And then um, God um, says, go to the, to, the, to the mouth of the cave. And then there's an earthquake, and he doesn't hear anything. And then there's a windstorm, and he doesn't hear anything. And then there's like a fire, fireworks go off. Do they have fireworks in them days, apparently? Something anyway. It says fire. It does say fire. Um, happens at that point. And God doesn't speak through the fireworks. He doesn't speak through anything. And then he says, there's a whisper. And he heard a whisper. And God speaks to him through a whisper, through this still, small voice. And it's this part which a lot of the time that God is calling and speaking to us about and speaking to us on a very, very daily basis. And it's something that I want to um, major on today and next week because the more we can tune into that voice, the more we will see our lives transformed from the inside out. Okay? So that's nice. Didn't know we had that. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I need to hit this before I hit anything else. So I'm not going to get into the how you're going to hear God right now. In fact, that probably won't be today at all. I actually need to hit this bit first because our view of God will filter what we actually hear. And this is really important because if, you don't, if we don't actually have the right view of God, and specifically from the Word of God, then we'll have a view of God that comes from experience, from the world, and it will not be, it will, it will effectively, it will not be a very good way of listening. So um, I, there are two views of God which gets dismantled by Jesus. There's quite a few of them, actually, but there's two specific views that get dismantled by Jesus um, in his teaching. And the one is in Matthew 25, where he talks about the harsh taskmaster. I've not got time to read the whole parable out, but if you're aware of this, brilliant. If you're not, don't worry, you can read it. Um, it's all in your connect group notes, so that's great. And you par the parable of the talent um, is where you've got um, a man whose talents are bags of silver, by the way. They're not just like being talented at football. Um, but effectively, uh, the master gives his servants different bags of silver. So to one he gives 10, and he goes out and he, does, and he invests them and gets another 10 back. To one he gives five, and likewise happens. And to one he gives one. And the, the, the one who gets one just buries it in the sand and then uh, gives it him back at the end and said, I've done nothing with it. Because I know that you are a harsh taskmaster, he calls him, interestingly. You are a horrible man. Yeah, I know. That's what he does. <laughs> and he doesn't get good feedback from God at that particular point or from the master. But I want to let him view in on this because this guy does nothing with it. And he views him in a very, very bad light. So if we view God as a harsh taskmaster, someone who's on our backs all the time, we're going to be afraid of him. And we're not going to want to draw close. We're not going to want to hear much. Have you ever had a boss who you've been scared of? Wow, you guys have had very blessed lives. <laughs> right, well, let's say I have, okay? I, you, you draw away, you pull away from people you're scared of. Do you know what I mean? Have you had people that you're scared of in your life? You don't like talking to them too much because they shout at you or they do nasty things to you or whatever it is. 
And so you don't want to converse with them much. If you are afraid, if you have that fearful attitude that this is just somebody who's just going to be barking at me all the time, barking orders, and telling me what to do and ordering me about, you don't want to talk to them too much. So if we view God as this person who's literally just going to be ordering us about and being horrible, we'll hear very little. And when we do, when we do, and we will, it will be interpreted by us as a God who is a boss who only wants to order us about. That's what he is. He's a God that wants to boss us about and say, do this, do that, and do the other. Probably quite critical as well, if you're not doing it 100% right. You will get this. It will be filtered through that thing because that will be your view of who God is. Uh, we'll only hear instructions and rules to obey in a very, very dutiful manner. I should go to church on Sunday because God will be mad at me if I don't type thing. Yes, these, these are the ways that people can get into it. And it causes us, interestingly, to do the bare minimum required. If you view God as a harsh taskmaster, you will do the absolute bare minimum. You will obey the bare minimum. You'll say, what's the line? Is that sin? I'll go right to the line with what sin is. I'll go right to the, I won't be generous with my time, with my giving, with anything. I'll do whatever the bare minimum is. Because that's what the guy did in the parable of the talents. He did the bare minimum. Yep. What's the bare minimum? It's your typical student. All right. What can I get away with? I'll get out of bed at one o'clock in the afternoon and I'll do. Do you know what? I'm not saying I ever did that. But it's a typical kind of attitude. Anyway, moving on. It's, it's how we can get into, if, if you are thinking, what's that, what's that line? How much can I get away with? All right? You with me on that? A lot of you going, I don't view God like that. And that's great for you. But unfortunately, it happens a lot. And it happens um, when we see God in those ways. Um, we'll not be loving anybody like that. And you won't want to listen to someone who you think is angry with you all the time. Okay, let's read another bit which uh, Jesus talks about in John 10. So we go into John 10 and 11. Jesus says the following, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's only working for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I think this guy's very interesting, probably because I thought that was my view of God um, when I was, a, uh, before I was a Christian. If we see God as the hired help, you're going to see him as quite an indifferent God, not caring at all about you. All right? Doesn't care. Not really that bothered. It's really, really, really easy to let experience make you view God like the hired help. So if you go along in life going, if God really does care about me, then he would have done that, then we're getting into that mindset of, well, actually, God doesn't care because he'd do something about it if he did. He's all big. He's all strong. He's all powerful. If he cared, he'd solve my issues. If he cared, he'd heal my whatever. If he cared, he'd heal my friend. If he cared, he would do this. He would do that. He would move in all sorts of ways. He would solve my problems. God could take my problems away like that if he wanted to, but he can't be bothered. Ever heard that? Yeah? 
happens. It happens a lot because our experience can easily get in the way of how we view God. The minute we start thinking those things, is the minute we're thinking of him as the God that doesn't care, the hired help, the God that just faffs around and goes, get on with life yourself. It's all down to you to get on with this. And I, I used to think of God as just watching life on a big TV screen and not even bothered, just with his remote control, sat back eating his Doritos, and that was it. That was God. He didn't really want to get involved. He didn't want to get his hands dirty. Because why? Why bother? Um, and it was quite frank from looking at experience that he wasn't doing that much. But you've got, we've got to take our view from God from the Bible. And the best person to look at is Jesus. Okay? Because Jesus comes along and he says, as God himself in the flesh, and says, this is who I am. You read Jesus, you find out who God is. You read about him and you find out what he's like. You read about him and how he reacted and how he responded and you find out really what God is and really who he is. Does that make sense? Yeah? So you look at all of these different situations. Did Jesus help or did he not? That's how you'll find out whether he was bothered and whether he's bothered about you. There's not one person that asked for healing that Jesus doesn't heal. <sighs> it's a shocker, but it's true. Okay? He says yes to every single person. So that messes people up a bit when they go, well, in my experience says X, Y, and Z. Yes, your experience does say that, but it doesn't mean that that's who your God is. That makes sense? Yeah? You look at what the Bible says. You certainly look at what Jesus is and did. And you look at his character, you look at his personality, and you see how he reacted to different situations. Okay? I feel like I've all shocked you here a little bit. But it, we, it's really essential that we look at, the, at who Jesus was, especially. We can look at Old Testament prophets, but there's a completely different kind of mentality there. When we get to what Jesus was up to, when we get to what Jesus was teaching, when we get to what Jesus was responding and how he was, the first people he went to were the poor, the marginalized, the people that needed him the most. Every sinner was embraced who wanted him. Yep. The only people that Jesus got annoyed with were the religious people. Shockingly. Oh dear. <laughs> That's not great news, is it? <laughs> but it was the religious people that didn't want to hear his message. It was the religious people that weren't listening to him. So the question is, are we listening? Yeah, because it always has to be in that way. So I've gone off one one there. That was never, that wasn't written down. <laughs> but there we go. So the next bit of this, obviously, is who is he? He's the good shepherd. He actually announces himself as the good shepherd. Okay? So, Psalm, we won't go into Psalm 23 just yet, but thankfully he is our good shepherd. Okay? He lays his life down for the sheep. I.e., he came down and he went on the cross to die to bring us into a relationship with us. To, so that we could have an eternal friendship with Jesus and an eternal friendship with God. For, forever. This is who Jesus is. We can't claim he's not caring if he's prepared to die for our sins. Amen? Now, we can be confused by why some things don't happen, but at the same time, you have got some gold there in the word that we need to stick to that says, well, hang on a minute, we've got a God who has gone through the worst possible situation in order to bring us into the most amazing and phenomenal joy that we will ever experience now and in eternity. Amen? Yep. 
And we can be grateful for that, maybe. Yeah, it's a nice message, isn't it? Right, okay, but that's it. So the more we see him as the good shepherd, because it's the truth, by the way, it's in the, in the Bible, as we view him through that correct lens, the more you'll hear words from God that are true and loving words. That's the filter you'll get now. Is that making sense? We're getting a filter now, which is a correct filter. We're getting a filter now, which is saying the right things to us, rather than being interpreted. You must have been in situations where someone said something to you, or you, we'll do it the other way around. You've said something to them, and they've heard something else. You ever had that? Yeah. It happens in marriages a lot. <laughs> All I said to her was that bad, bad, bad. <laughs> yes, I wasn't saying you. It was a hypothetical marriage that I was mentioning. <laughs> so, um, but yes, yeah, we, we, it's, it's filters. It's different people, and it comes through experience. So you have different experiences of different situations, and you carry them on in life. And so you hear different, different words trigger different responses, shall we say, different things that can happen. Um, see God as the good shepherd... And we will have to meditate on these truths. Don't forget, you have to keep going back to them. But see him as a good shepherd, and we'll see him as fully loving towards us. It'll cause us to, to desire to hear him more. It'll cause us to desire to come close. We'll get new insights. We'll get new revelations on who God truly is. That's exciting, because we want to know. There is, once we actually get that understanding that he only wants the best for us, then that's the, the reality of it. Do you know the truth is that he's the one always initiating this conversation. He's always the one trying to talk to us first. You ever find that prayer is hard? Well, God's still trying to break through first. All right? He's texting you before you're texting him. If, yeah, I don't know if he has a number, but anyway, there we go. There we go. If you find that, let me know. Um, so, moving on. From that bit, now we've established that, what are the kind of things that you think God would talk to us about? It's not school. Honestly, I'm not going to tell anyone off again hit wrong. Should I have prizes, shouldn't I? In case you could... Sorry? Lifestyle. Very good. Yes. So he'll talk to us about our lifestyle, about steps of holiness, about righteousness. Very good. So we've got that. Any advance on righteousness? relationships between and with him. Okay, so you've covered in lots of bases there, right? There, you've got a little cross thing going. Very good. Relationships with God and relationships with other people. Anything else? How much he loves us. Okay, we've got a lot of things coming out now. Anything else? Sorry, I'm not waiting for someone to say the magic word and I'll dive on it like a youth leader does. <laughs> Used to do that for many times. Oh, 20 years of teaching. Um, <laughs> who to pray for very good okay so for things that he wants us to be doing as well so all of those things are very valid all of those things are really 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 important and he would do but out of all of those things what's the first thing that's on God's heart to communicate to you out of all of those things what's the most important who we are in him definitely will be one of the top priorities and that will be something that you're picking up a lot. Probably, yeah, probably a, a little bit higher, but probably on a very close level, is our relationship with him. 
And I think it's very easy to get up in the morning or to say, all right, God, speak to me, if you're in that zone, and to be expecting a list of jobs to do, to be expecting different things to do, strategies, what am I supposed to be doing, rather than what does God want to communicate about your soul? And there's a massive, massive difference with the two. The first thing... Sorry? Yes. And these are the things that he will be communicating to us because he's a shepherd of our souls. One of the things I heard God speak to me about a while back was that what you do for me is not as important by a long shark as the soul that I'm creating in you, what I'm creating inside of you, the person that you're being. He's more bothered about our souls than he is about what we do. Does that make sense? If God truly is our good shepherd, if he truly is the shepherd of our souls, he is far more interested in fostering relationship than anything else. His first priority is feeding our souls. Because it has to start from there. And you see this all throughout the Bible. You see this with Jesus. The first recorded words the Father speaks to Jesus come in Matthew 3.17, where he gets baptized. And a voice comes from heaven saying, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. That's the first words that recorded that Jesus hears. All right? But tell me that, guess what? It's all about the fact that I love you. I love this, I love you, you are my son, I love you, I'm your dad, and you bring me delight, you bring me joy. That's the first thing he gets, that's the first thing he does. But we see it in the Lord's Prayer. We start with what in the Lord's Prayer? Our Father. Again, it's about who God is. So he's communicating more and more and more, because prayer is talking with him, he's talking more and more and more about reminding us his heart towards us, and he's, there's the, there's the bells, this must be important. He's more and more and more about who he is and about what he thinks about us. Yes, this is his first priority, because we need, we need that massively. Lamentations 3.22 says, God's love for us is new every morning. Every morning, interesting. Every single morning, God wants to communicate his love to you. All right? Every single morning, the first thing he wants, and it's the first thing our soul needs. And you may think, I'm doing all right. I don't need to hear, I don't need to sense his love every morning. But God says otherwise. God says, well, actually, you do. Because everything comes from a place of relationship. Everything comes from a place of loving relationship. Psalm 23, which we'll go to now, and I'm I'm running out of time. The Lord is my shepherd. Straight off, this is who I am. I have all that I need. So remember, this is God speaking to us. So he's saying, God is saying, you've got all that you need. I've provided with all that you need. And then verse 2, coming from the heart of God, I'm letting you rest in green meadows. I am leading you beside peaceful streams. It's your soul, it's your soul, it's God, your shepherd, feeding you again and again and again in the most wonderful ways. And then he takes it into verse 3. He renews my strength. It's all about your soul and him. Fostering that relationship, fostering your soul, building you up until it twists on verse 3 and says, 
He guides me along right paths. And then it changes to or paths of righteousness. All of a sudden now, let's start talking about your lifestyle. Let's now talk about your next steps in me. We spent a long time now fostering your relationship. This is great. Now, what's your next step in your transformation to be more like Jesus? You with me? This is, this, I'm not giving you a, a formula here. It's not always going to work like this. Sometimes you will hear different things at different times. I get that. But your relation, everything flows from relationship with him, loving relationship with him. Because as we get into hearing God, how he wishes to lead us on to becoming more like Jesus, it's how he wishes to shape us. As our hearts are open to receive his love, we naturally say yes to the things he wants to change us in. It becomes a, an obvious thing because we see how good it is for us. All right? It is good for you to be changed into Jesus' image. Honestly. You know, if he's putting his finger on different things, if he's, then these are good things to be changed by. But if all we're doing is going, well, I should change. I should really not be like this. I should, then it becomes out of legalistic duty. But if it comes out of a loving relationship, then you want to say yes. And you're surrendered already to what God wants to do in your life. And that means everything. I um, very recently... Um, I was just enjoying God's presence, and then um, and I felt God speaking to me about hope, interestingly. Um, I won't mention the situation, but he said, you've stopped hoping about this situation, and you've stopped doing it to protect your heart against disappointment. I was like, oh, I wasn't even aware of it. But this thing was important to me. I wanted to see it change, but I didn't want to get disappointed, so I... I, do you know, have you ever done that where you're hard enough? And you'll just go, oh, I'll be all right, I, it's okay. And I just stopped hoping. I stopped hoping for it to change. And I felt then God say, do you believe I can change this? Well, that's obvious. Yes, you can change it. Yes, absolutely. And then the next question straight after that was, do you believe I'm going to change it? At which point I hesitated. I'll be honest, because I didn't know. So all I said back to God was, um, that was pretty much how the dialogue was going at that particular point. I mean, he already knew. But he knew that I'd stopped. And then his response was, well, I'm working on it right now. And I don't believe that's just a word for me. I believe that's a word for a lot of people here today. That you've stopped hoping for certain things to change. You stopped hoping for certain things because it's hurting sometimes. It hurts. It makes you get disappointed when you don't see things change. But God moves in our faith. He moves in those moments. And he's moving on that situation that you're in right now. And as you move out and step out and believe for God to move, he will honor your steps of faith. And I know it's dangerous because it's your heart and it hurts, but it's an important thing to do, to trust, to grow in hope, to grow in belief that God wants to change and wants to move into different situations. 
Now, one of the things that God will always talk to us about as well is building his kingdom, is making disciples, and we've been, we've looked at that as well. It's as we listen to God that our souls are re-energized. Um, it's with a strength and a purpose, really. It's how God directs our steps. And it's the fuel to us as we look at our vision of intentionally building community. Well, what are we doing? Who are we making disciples with? What are we actually changing? Who are you thinking of inviting to Alpha? What are you doing with that? Because that's where we're going as a church. That's what we are doing. It's building and making an impact, transforming our communities. And listening to God makes such an impact there. Because we cannot transform our communities on our own. But as we listen... As you hear the strategies of God, but also you're filled with God's heart. And that's crucial, because you see it through his ways. We're filled with God's heart to transform our communities around us. Amen? Now, we're at the end of this first message. You may be grateful to hear. But the practicalities, the how-to, we're going to look at next week. How do we actually tune in now? We had to hit that stuff first because otherwise we are not tuning into the right, necessarily, voices. Um, and it's important that we just lay that down and we can hear that. But I don't want to leave you ever without an application point. So as I can ask the band to, to come back up, that would be wonderful if you could. Um, just one point at this point. Ask God this week to speak into your life. Ask God to speak and to reveal more of himself and his heart to you. Because he wants to every single moment of the day. So see what he's got to say to you. As I've already mentioned, Jesus died that our sins could be forgiven. He's died that we could enjoy an eternal relationship with him forever. It's one that brings a new peace. It's one that brings a new hope and a new joy into our lives. And in a moment, I'm going to pray. And you may find yourself in one of the following three categories. So can I have every head bowed, please, as I just go through these categories? Um, and I uh, want you to listen and just have a think about this. The first one is that you don't know Jesus today. You may find yourself here as your Lord and Savior. You don't know Jesus as Lord that you've never been a Christian, and you'd like to make this day the day you begin your relationship with him. The second one is that you used to walk with Jesus, and you would like to reconnect with him today, to rededicate your life to him today. And the third one is that you're not sure of your salvation. You're not sure that at the end of your life, you'll be going to heaven and you desire the certainty that Jesus offers. If you relate to any of those three, then please pray along with me now, repeating these words out of your own heart. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sin. And rose from the dead. I ask you to forgive me for all my wrongdoing. And receive me 
as your child. I commit my life to you now. Amen.